Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Greg, I'm so excited because today we're going to talk about love stories. Yeah. Sometimes people hear the phrase love story, and they think that the term only relates to movies or social media, but every couple has a unique love story. Yeah, and, and it's so important to talk about your love story, especially you know if you're struggling or going through a really tough season in your marriage. As a matter of fact, Aaron, you know we're both familiar with Dr. John Gottman. We'd say he's probably the best marriage researcher on the planet, at least one of them. Mm-hmm. But he has an interesting study that that he can predict right mm-hmm. with over ninety four percent accuracy. Couples who are likely to make it or not simply by how they tell their love story. Yeah, because he discovered that happy couples, when they talk about their their relationship history, they talk about it positively. They have a favorable view of their history together, and they're able to see, you know, this happened, this happened, but then God in those turning points. Yeah. So he encourages couples to tell their stories from that positive viewpoint. Yeah, and I know for, for us... You know, we tell a lot of stories when we, you know, do podcasts or when mm-hmm. we do marriage events. And there was a story early on, very mm-hmm. early on in mm-hmm. our marriage. I think we'd been married, what, about six months, let's mm-hmm. say, to where I accidentally dropped some laundry trying to kind of make this point about a conflict that we had had earlier in the morning. I dropped a load of laundry that I was going to the laundry room, which was on the first floor, we lived up on the fourth floor, so right underneath us. So I dropped laundry as you were kind of walking by on your way to mm-hmm. work, just to no, kind of wasn't, be funny. <laughs> yeah, as you said that, it's it wasn't like laundry in a laundry basket. Yeah. It was laundry in was a laundry a bag, bag, a mesh bag. Yes. And so, yeah, you dropped it thinking it was funny, but it hit me. Right. Accidentally, and, mm-hmm. didn't mean to. Yeah. But we told that story for mm-hmm. 30 years mm-hmm. now. And, and somehow we navigated that, but... Yeah. So often when we tell that story, people will come up and say, that's a terrible story. Why do you even tell that? And I love telling that story because it's such an indicator of how far we've come and what God has done. And we had many turning points after the low of that. Um, Never thought I would have laundry dropped on my head. (laughs) But, you know, it's amazing what God has done. Yeah. You know, I wish that hadn't happened the way it did, but really that story, the laundry story, is is a part of our love story mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we want to talk about today. You know, we've got some great segments coming up. You know, later on, Aaron and I, we get to share kind of our own love story. You know, we're also going to hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, can her marriage be a true Christian marriage if it started out as an affair? But first, we had an amazing conversation with Rhonda Stoppy. She's an author, speaker, and radio host, and she's going to share a part of her love story. So let's listen to the conversation we had with Rhonda. Tell us about a time where you and your husband struggled, and how did you learn and grow from it? (laughs) Okay, so... Backstory, we bought a house in the middle of nowhere. We had lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. We were flipping houses. 
And we were, my husband's goal was always to be debt free and live in the country. And mm. I'm like, you know what, whatever you want, baby, as I'm running up the credit cards and living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> and he came home one day when the prices in the Bay Area had just gotten super high. And he's like, now's the time. We sell our place, we buy something and we get out. And he was looking for somewhere in Colorado. I didn't want to leave California. So the Lord like really put on my heart, please, can we just find somewhere here? So we found this 80-acre ranch in the middle of nowhere with this little tiny house on it. The day that we saw it, it was covered with snow. It was so darling. And I knew I was holding Steve's dream in the palm of my hand. And I knew if I said no, that we weren't going to do it. So I said yes. We signed on the dotted line. And after uh, escrow closed, we came back to look at what we bought. The snow had melted. We bought a shack. It was horrible. (laughs) And we had two kids at the time, and they had slept in the bunk bed in the one bedroom. Steve and I slept on the sofa bed. And we lived on a generator for almost three years. I figure you just wow. call the power company and they plug you in. Yeah. Uh, not so. And this is in the 1980s when I had wow. 80s hair. So I got a butane <laughs> curling iron that I'm positive saved our marriage. Oh. <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> yeah. Am I going to light my hair on fire? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so as we were living in this you know, little house, he was working on it. I had a surprise pregnancy while I was on the sofa bed for that entire pregnancy, we brought our baby home to, Steve had added one bedroom on, and so she lived in the master bedroom closet of this little tiny house mm. that he was adding on to. Uh, and I will say, we have added on to this house, Steve, has as he's had the money, as we have been able to be debt-free, and now we have 15 grandchildren, and there's room for everybody to come and stay. Wow. But back then, I didn't know that. So after I had Kayla... I had postpartum depression, and I didn't know what it was. I did not know what was wrong with me. And I remember going to the doctor, and she was like, just eliminate the stress in your life. I'm like, I'm sleeping on a sofa bed. I'm living in the 45 minutes from the nearest town on a generator with a two-year-old and a six-year-old. How am I going to eliminate the stress? Yeah. But it was a season of struggle. And I remember my poor husband trying to help me figure it out. He's known me since I was 14 years old. And after the postpartum, I had really bad PMS, PMD. And I remember him asking me one day, like, what is it like? I can see you change and I don't know how to help you. And this Mm. is where Gary Smalley's training from Hidden Mm. Keys to Loving Relationships comes in. Because we had watched your dad's videos years before and he talked about the power of a story. Mm. And so I thought about how can I engage Steve's understanding into what's happening to me? And I said, imagine if you were a werewolf and every full moon you were going to turn into a werewolf, whether you liked it or not, and you were going to eat your young or anyone who was near you. And the only (laughs) hope you have, Aaron's laughing, is to be locked in a cage until the full moon passes so that you don't hurt anyone that you care about. And I said, that is PMS. And I literally saw a light bulb on the top of that man's head. <laughs> I bet. He's like, I get it. I get mm, it. Powerful and, emotional word pictures. <laughs> right. And it helped him really understand this isn't who I want to be. This isn't what I want to do. In fact, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, patience, kindness, self-control. The only fruit on my vine was self-control. I could pull myself away and go in my room. And for four years, I fought it as a spiritual battle with taking my thought captive to the obedience of Christ, the word open, praying, asking the Lord to give me victory over what was going on in my heart, in my mind, in my emotions. And I'd say that to tell you that one day Steve sat me down. He said, you need help. 
I've known you since you were 14, and it's getting worse, not better. You're not mm-hmm. you anymore. And I wanted to be offended, but I knew he was right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, now some people would get mad at their spouse. You just don't understand, and you're blaming me for, and, and I've often told women that are struggling with hormonal imbalances, don't look to whose fault it is. Don't blame your husband for the way you're feeling. That divides you. Mm-hmm. Rather, own the things that are going on inside of your body and then find a way to get help. For some, it's a naturopath. Mm-hmm. For some, it's changing your diet. I didn't have caffeine or chocolate for three years. It didn't help, but I tried. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. Yes. I know. And one day, I remember I was overwhelmed, and Steve said, what will help you? And I said, that plate of brownies. He said, then eat them. And I did. <laughs> eat them I all. It didn't help me, good, it good. Good. <laughs> but I finally went to an endocrinologist who understood how hormonal imbalances can affect the serotonin levels in our brain. And I told her, I feel like I have brain damage. She goes, you kind of do. And she said, let me explain to you what's happening. And she gave me a real clear understanding of physically what was going on with my body. And I have a sister who just passed away from an overdose two years ago. Mm. My mother was addicted to prescription drugs. My grandmother was an alcoholic. And this doctor said to me, this is probably passed down in your family. And they've all self-medicated. This is what's going on with you, and I can help you. Mm. And I tell that story because I think it's so easy to only look at it as a spiritual battle. And it can easily become a spiritual battle. When you're battling those emotional hormonal imbalances, you can just free, you know, go freestyle on everybody mm. and just say what you feel like you need to say, and it's everybody else's fault. That's where the sin comes in, where you can pull back and say, something's wrong with me, and I need to reach out to someone, an expert, that can help me figure out how to balance my hormones mm. and how to get the help I need. Wow. That, which is so good because you're right. I mean, marriage, you know, even doing life is never meant to be done in isolation. You know, marriage isn't an individual sport. It's a team sport. And, and we love the encouragement to don't do this alone. Get help from mm-hmm. experts. Get help from mentors. Build that strong community and w- w- what a great lesson. We just, we so appreciate you. We love your stories. Mm-hmm. They're they're great. So we just are, are so thankful that you've taken the time to be with us. Thank you. My pleasure. And I will say about real life romance, in the back of the book are all of my kids' love stories. Oh. And those are my favorite. Oh, There's just nothing better than watching your children fall in love and really let Christ use their lives to reflect his love not only to the watching world, but now to our 15 grandchildren. Mm. And our oldest son, Tony, we adopted him into our family when he was 15 years old. Hmm. And we were visiting him in Hawaii not long ago. And he's got two kids that were the age of our kids when he came to our family. (laughs) And he said, it never occurred to me what it cost you guys to bring me into your home until Kylene and I are now the age that you guys were when you took me in. And it was a a neat perspective for him Mm. and his wife too. Boy, I tell you, that's a powerful moment. I know with our adult kids, it's so validating when they start talking about, hey, I never realized this, or Mm -hmm. man, I'm really now understanding how lucky I was, or whatever it is. But I I love Rhonda's story in there and just, Mm -hmm. just what it's like to understand that and just her encouragement around love stories. In, in what that does for the relationship. And we, we have an article, Aaron, that you and I mm-hmm. did 
um, that we'll refer to in the show notes on really how to tell your love story. Mm -hmm. And Dr. John Gottman, as we talked about earlier, can really predict um, couples' satisfaction in their with 94% accuracy, the likelihood to get divorced based on how we tell our story. So it's important. So how do we tell a good love story? And not only a good one, our love story. We always encourage couples to tell the high points, tell the low points, and the turning points. Because, you know, the high points, sometimes people will focus on that. But other times, especially couples who are unhappy, will focus on the low points. But what about those turning points, the points where God showed up and began to turn um, the relationship into something new or better or stronger or whatever? Um, So it's important to tell all of that, but to acknowledge God's help. And his constant presence through it all, through the good, the bad, the ugly, and give credit to God as the author of your love story. Um, we also encourage couples to record, write, write the stories down. We do this because we keep a running list of stories from us, from our family. We have a list of over 600 stories. Granted, we pull on these when we speak. Yeah. And I think it's powerful because when we speak, we reflect on our journey yeah. and what God has done. Yeah. And we tell these stories, although they're funny, and we always say the funniest stories are at the beginning of our marriage when we had absolutely no idea what we were doing. But we are always able to go look at what God has done. Look yeah. at where we are 31 years later. And so tell your stories to others and tell them to each other. We love sitting around the dinner table telling stories because our kids now have heard these stories over and over again. Our kids can sometimes tell these stories better than we can. And they just make us laugh. Like we just, we love to hear their inflections and their humor inserted the into, they yes, add that yes never how happened. they remember we, us telling the stories. But it's, it's a powerful thing for a marriage. Um, to remember where you've come from, what God has done, and who you are today. Yeah. So again, we, we've we written this as an article, and we'll have that link in our show notes. So check that out, because it's such a great opportunity when you're around another couple. Maybe you've invited someone over for dinner. I know when we have couples come over, one of my very favorite questions to ask anyone who comes over is, hey, tell us your love story. And it's really all I ever ask. You know, mm-hmm. Tell us your love story. And just to hear them talk about how they met and Mm -hmm. fell in love and what that first year was like and what they've learned. And you're right, there's such an important part of being able to say, man, here's been some of those fun, fun moments in our marriage. And here's been some really hard moments as well. But Mm -hmm. here's what God taught us. And here's what kind of turned things around. Here's what we've learned. Mm -hmm. And and there's a balance there. Because we like to, to say to young couples, that, that your marriage is the greatest adventure that you're ever going to go on. Mm-hmm. It's this amazing journey that has the good, the bad. And that's really, I think, part of the integrity of the love story is to be honest, going, we've had a lot of really good times. So if you're in a hard season, yeah, that can be hard to remember right? some of the, the good times and in, in those, those high moments in your relationship. So to only focus on the negative or to focus on this winter season that maybe you're in right now, it, you know, doesn't doesn't honor mm-hmm. the journey that mm-hmm. you've been on, that has had the good times, it's had the hard times, 
and then focusing on that, you know, what has God then really taught us? Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful way then at a dinner table or mm-hmm. at a restaurant with another couple well, to, to share that. And even to encourage couples who are choosing to get married, you know, say someone just got engaged. So often the, you know, the response they get from couples is, oh, marriage is hard. Are you sure you want to do that? Or, you know, we've been married 20 years and it's the hardest thing we've ever done. Versus, you know what? Marriage is hard, but it's awesome. And you're going on this amazing adventure and we're here to cheer you on. You know, such a different experience for that young couple who's choosing marriage. Well, if you want to read more about Rhonda's story and learn about her kids' love stories, we have her book here at the ministry for a gift of any amount. It's called Real Life Romance, Inspiring Stories to Help You Believe in True Love. So donate and get that book today. And that link will be in the show notes. I love the quote that says, every love story is beautiful, but ours is my favorite. And I think back to our journey, Greg, we knew each other in college and really hadn't had a lot of connection after we graduated, but I showed up to Nanny, your dad's co-author's kids on a cruise, and there you were. You came on the cruise with your mom and dad, and so there we were on this cruise ship, the two of us and a bunch of (laughs) 80-year-olds. So (laughs) So the odds were ever in my favor. That's what I was going to say. I was was there to nanny these little girls, (laughs) and I will say I was probably not the best nanny because I was a little distracted. Um, by Greg, because we had so much fun on that cruise. We just laughed and laughed and did silly things. And Do you remember like it would be like one in the morning, uh-huh. two in the morning, we'd be up on the top deck just looking at stars. I vividly remember just you would be in one kind of lounge chair, I'd be in the other, and we're just looking at the stars. And we'd see all these really cool shooting stars and satellites orbiting. Yeah, and I remember we went into this lounge, totally closed down. Like, I don't know what time it was at this point. And you went over and started playing the drums. And I was like, I cannot believe he's doing this. <laughs> it's my, and, my dream to be a drummer. Yeah, and I remember it was just so much fun. And then on the way home, we ended up flying home together which I think they totally orchestrated. And I remember you held my hand. I and did. I I had known you for so long and I was like, we're just friends. Why is he holding my hand? I was cold. Yeah. It's a very cold flight. And we got home and I was kind of like, I probably won't hear from him. You you had the propensity towards dating. And uh, <laughs> I like how so, you're carefully choosing your words. So I and I was you're saying I was a player. Is that what I'm hearing? More or less. <laughs> um, I was when I got home I had to study for my nursing boards. Yeah. And so I would go to the library at this university that was nearby and you kept showing up as I was studying and I'm like, why is he here? Like this is weird. It but, was a full court press. I was like, this is the one. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna win her heart. And then we we kept doing those fun things. We would go to the park and yeah. play pickup basketball, or we would go somewhere and go hiking, go to the mall. We just had so much fun together. Yeah, yeah I, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that moment of of right before the cruise ship, or you know, in this hotel, kind of the staging area, right before the the cruise, and walking in the lobby. I think I was going to go for a jog, and I just ran right into you. 
And I was so confused. Why is Erin Murphy? Why is she here? And just mm-hmm. the, I'm feeling something inside me going, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Because we were good friends mm-hmm. through college. We, were we good never friends. dated. Right. You actually dated my roommate, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. So we always just had a good, close friendship. Totally. And, and that's safe to say, honestly, for our love story, that's really where it began. Mm-hmm. I saw a quote the other day from a pastor, Brett Legg, and it says, every marriage is a story. The question is, what kind of story are you telling with your marriage? What will your kids and grandkids say about your marriage long after you're gone? The story of your marriage will be a big part of the legacy that you leave. And that's why we we so love telling our story and these different experiences that we've had now 31 years of being married mm-hmm. because I want that to make such an impact on our kids. I want mm-hmm. them to catch that vision mm-hmm. that, you know, marriage is a, an amazing thing. Hard, we go through hard seasons and moments and we have conflict, And but I want them to know you know, our mom and dad, they just don't love each other. They like each other. Mm-hmm. And they're committed to figuring this thing out. And, and they're they're going to keep growing and working on their marriage. I mean, that that's a big part of why we love telling these stories. Well, now we're going to move on to our weekly Q&A, and this is the part of the show where we answer your burning questions about marriage. Please send us your questions. You can click the link in the show notes or go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of the show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Yeah, today's question comes from Sarah. Let's listen to her voicemail. Hi, my name is Sarah. This might be a little bit of a loaded question, but my husband and I were not always Christians. When we met, we were both married to other people, and we started out having an affair. Since then, we have gotten married, and we've both found the Lord, and part of me wonders if this marriage will ever be able to be blessed by God because of the way it started. So I guess my question is, is there any way for my marriage to actually be a Christian marriage if it started the way that it did? Mm. Sarah, what a deep, difficult question. I mean, you said it yourself. It's a loaded question, but it is something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, we're so glad that you are asking this question. Yeah, because you're not the only one. With this, maybe a situation that's a little bit different. Um, I hear a lot of times, you know, we had premarital sex prior to marriage. So does that, you know, does that discount our marriage or, you know, this happened? So it's just going, okay, these things happen. And you walked into marriage, you became believers, and now what? Um, first and foremost, what I would say that we have, I've heard this powerful quote, and it makes me think of what you're saying, Sarah. Year after year, word after word, our life scripts are etched. We believe what we are being told by others and what we're telling ourselves. Repetition is a convincing argument. In time, we become what we most believed about ourselves. So in essence, Sarah, Satan wants to destroy our marriages, um, often by writing lies on our heart. 
So, you know, we just want to encourage you to evaluate and reject anything that Satan is whispering in your ear about your marriage being defective because of how it began. Yeah, don't don't allow Satan's lies to become your truth. And Sarah, a lot of what you're asking probably comes from, there are several verses in the Bible. One is Matthew 5.32, Matthew 19.9 also talks about this issue, which says that anyone who marries a divorced person also commits adultery. As is, is I've really studied this, as I think about that verse, I think the essence of that question is, is this remarriage an act of adultery or a continuous state of adultery? So I, I want to share kind of our perspective, and I just want to really clarify that this is really how I see this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not suggesting this is the absolute right answer. This is exactly what is meant by this verse. As a matter of fact, Sarah, I always encourage people, as you hear something that we say, check that out. Make that a matter of prayer. Ask your pastor. I mean, really ask around. So I'm just going to give you purely kind of as Aaron and I have talked about this, what we think. And I really would say that I don't believe that verse is implying that this is a continual state of adultery, that you guys started your marriage off through an affair and then you got married. And I don't believe that that's saying now for the rest of the time that you were ever together, you are considered an adulteress, that you have that big letter A on your marriage. I don't believe that at all. I believe that what this verse is saying is that this was an act of adultery. But the beauty of the New Testament is all about redemption. I mean, that that that's part of God's love story is that we are going to make mistakes. We are going to make poor choices. And all we ever have to do is bring that before the Lord and own that, own that mistake, own that choice of adultery, that act of adultery, and seek forgiveness. And that's the beauty of God's message is that His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness is always available. Mm-hmm. In, in Sarah, Aaron and I have worked with so many remarried, blended f- couples and to watch how God has so beautifully used their marriage just as evidence that, that God absolutely can and, and will use your marriage. And, and it doesn't mean that now you're in this total, perpetual, endless state of adultery. I don't believe that that's what he meant. Now, hear me. That's what I'm saying. I don't believe that. Keep checking that out. Keep reading. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, to an article that, that I really like that hits on this issue. But, but keep really investigating this. But mm-hmm. I know for a fact, Sarah, because we've seen it, that God, through his grace and forgiveness and mercy, will use our marriage, will use your marriage to bless so many people. I know that people are hearing this question that you've asked, and they're being blessed, they're being challenged. They are going to then battle the same kind of lies. So we're just so grateful that mm-hmm. that you're asking this question. And we believe that, again, that God's going to use your marriage in mighty ways so hang in there, fight those lies. Mm-hmm. Such, I love what you're saying, Greg. It's such a great response. And Sarah, thank you so much for your question. And look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, contact us. Click the link in the show notes to leave us a voicemail.
Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We hope we were able to share why your love story is so important to your marriage. Yeah, be sure to like, uh, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong, satisfying marriage. You know, we also want to help you grow spiritually, both individually and together, so you can invest in other couples to help them build thriving marriages. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.